Avengers! Episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is Alex. Alex, how you been? Uh, it's been great. Nothing says mid-30s like braces, adjustments, a tooth extraction, bind, um, bonding to a new tooth, gum surgery, and, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, sounds like you could use some cocaine. <laughs> you know what it made it made the last few weeks a lot better <laughs> uh i know you watch the show but uh ricky and i recently started watching ghosts yeah every now and then when they have heady drop a, oh they should try some cocaine it's <laughs> they 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 use that just the right amount and it's oh, always yeah. funny Yes, like I, I am a sucker for that movie and um sorry that show and also the original British version. Uh, both of them are just lovely comfort shows, and I particularly love Hetty because she has lovely micro expressions, and like it just always with a with a little bit of a zinger or a little bit of a condescending compliment. It's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think the one character that really. I could do without his Thorfinn because he feels very one note, but he is used effectively when they need to use him in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, once you get to the second season, they flush him out a little bit more, which is really nice. We're all caught up. Um, we just saw the, the dating episode. Yay. And, uh, it was, it was a good episode, but uh, again, it's Thorfinn's just, it, I don't know. It's, it's a weird character that like one thing Ricky and I noticed in the, the early parts of the season, maybe it was budget or whatever, but like there were certain episodes where they were like clearly pairing the ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so like they would, ha- there's a total of what, like seven or eight of them. Yeah. There, there's quite a few. Um, and in some episodes you only ever see like four and another episode you'll see three. And it's just, really bizarre that they had this big ensemble of ghosts and then after the pilot episode for the next like seven or eight or nine episodes you only get like half the group at a time yeah i partially wonder if that was just to let breathe to like you know get everyone joined in but then i also wonder if uh it's more a restriction due to the pandemic and filming because if you look at yeah that's that's a good point their production timeline would have fit right into the start of the pandemic yeah, because if you look at like how they often frame the shots, which is something that I really pay attention to with, you know, you have the couple together in almost all the shots, and then you'll have the two to four ghosts. And they don't often put them in the same frame, frame even when interacting. And it's a lot better this season, um, though some restrictions have lifted. That's a great point. That's not something that we really thought about when we were watching it, because we were just like, we love this show. It's fun, but why are you only giving us half of what we're wanting? If you have HBO max, I would definitely suggest watching the original British show because it's a comedy troupe that started the show and they, and most of the ghosts play double roles. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. I didn't know the original British British series was on HBO max. 
Not sponsored by HBO Max, but could be. Well, speaking of plugging shows and giving them a little bit of airtime, let's move into our promo for the week, which is our friends over at the Doom Generation. We'll hear from them. And then when we come back, we are going to talk about Cocaine Bear. Hey, you want to get doomed? I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul mouth biddies have an always casual, often comedic. What? I think we're funny. And sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down nostalgia lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod and on Twitter at Doom Gen Pod. Later, Doomers! And we are back, and I am joined once again by Alex. Uh, Alex creeped behind me at the movie theater. He snuck oh, yeah. in when the, the trailers were running, and I was being engrossed in the, the Scream trailer, being like, should we should we review this? I haven't seen the last two Scream movies, but I, I kind of want to see this. So can we? Maybe we should review this. Um, but I think we have something going for that week. I don't remember exactly. Oh, it's the last of us finale. So maybe, maybe somewhere down the line, we'll cover the, the three most recent scream movies. I don't know. Yeah. I, um, I got there about 15 minutes late. Uh, I made sure to get my gummy bears because if you bought your tickets ahead of time, you got a free pack of gummies. And there I was walking up the stairs, having picked my seat with my um, with some other friends. And I see Josh sitting there and I get behind him, like I said, 15 minutes late and watch 15 more minutes of movie trailers. <laughs> 30 like minutes. There were it's it was a 745 movie. I looked at my phone. It did not start until eight. 14. Yeah, I mean, I always budget for 30 minutes of trailers. And I mean, most of them I've seen because they drop them online like three weeks ahead of time. And it most of those trailers I, I had seen. I hadn't seen the Evil Dead trailer, but that's because I mean, I to just put it out there. I'm not a huge fan of the Evil Dead series. I like the, the comedy can't be horror stuff I, I can get behind, but it's it's just not for me, um, which I'm going to be saying that a lot in the next like 30, 40 minutes. But this one looks like it's, it's really leaning into the horror element. And I mean, like that's cool. You got to reinvent the, the wheel somehow in, in these sort of things. But I'm curious as to your take on the evil dead remake that they're bringing here, revitalization, retooling, whatever it is. I'm a huge evil dead fan. Um, and what I find interesting, because you mentioned like, you're not really a fan of the campy horror stuff is that each Evil Dead movie is completely different. Their first Evil Dead movie was extremely low budget. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, they all they filmed it in their friends. They just filmed it as cheaply as possible. And it was straight horror. Like, I recently watched that movie, and it still scares the crap out of me. The second one, kind of a remake, but they say it's a continuation of the first one. And it is a mixture of horror and comedy. And it's a nice balance where they go for some laughs, but really keep it there. It's not until Army of Darkness that it is straight shtick comedy, which I love that. And then they wait for wait forever. They release some video games, and the video games definitely are very much just comedy. Um, I think it was a PS2 Evil Dead. Is it, Maybe it's Evil Dead Regeneration, I think it's called, where there is a one-liner button. You just hit the triangle on your PlayStation, and it constantly gives out a Bruce Campbell one-liner. 
um, the Evil Dead that came out, uh, I think it was 2011 or 2012. They say it's the same universe, but it basically is a reboot. That is straight back to just straight horror. There's almost no comedy, no jokes in there. Isn't that the one with the post credits of Bruce Campbell just showing up going groovy? Yes, it is. And I that one I kind of dig. It has a bit of a special place in my heart because they basically just tried their best to go, hey, we're going hard here. We're going to be like, show you what practical effects and a decent budget could give you for an actual Evil Dead movie. And Jane Levy was fantastic as the lead in that. She put her sweat, blood, and tears into that movie. But this new Evil Dead, Evil Dead Rise, um, they are saying that this is definitively, this is the Bruce Campbell timeline. And I'm not sure what to think of it yet. Other than I, I will be seeing it, but it might be too intense for me. Like the scene they show in the trailer of like them trying and fighting in the kitchen and the deadite grabs a cheese grater and looks like Ooh, they yeah. cheese grate. I'm like, yeah. okay. In the, the Jane Le- uh, Levy Evil Dead, one of the like scenes that was made me just hard to look at, to look at, and it still bothers me is they show one of the deadites. Uh, bifurcate their tongue really slowly and it's like so i'm not sure what they're going for um bruce campbell said he's not in it um he's just like i'm a little too old for ash and when they did the ash versus evil dead tv series which i did like it was more comedy um he said that his body's just too beat up from it years and years of being um you know Sam Raimi's personal punching bag, and he said that he, he just can't do it. He'll he'll do the voice work. I've been playing the Evil Dead, uh, the multiplayer game, that's been fun. I, I want to see what is going on with um, the franchise. I want to see are they going to try to do some sequels with this ca- with the cast, whoever the survivors are. Um, they specifically took it out of the woods and they put it in a city in uh, like an apartment building. It may be too intense for me to continue enjoying them. I think that might be a fair assessment because it definitely seems a lot more intense than what I remember of the the movies that I've seen. Um, I I remember seeing bits and pieces at my cousin's house growing up. Uh, My cousin, my eldest cousin. Well, no, he was my oldest cousin. One of my cousins, (laughs) he, uh, he, he even had like the evil dead poster on his wall and everything. Like he was that kid. And uh, I just, even back then, I was just like, not not for me. I I have a I have this weird phobia of like possession and people like getting brainwashed and everything. And like, especially when the eyes do something weird, mm-hmm. uh, that, that just kind of puts me in a weird, anxious place. Um, like it was OK in Age of Ultron. I don't know why, but like that was fine. Um, but like, uh, I don't know if you remember the. I think is Bender's big score, one of the the Futurama movies, where Bender gets malware uploaded into him from some scammers, and he has like these weird like rotating square eyes that are all loopy, like that freaks the crap out of me. I don't know why, like it just fills me with anxiety, and I'm like, I don't like it. Stop. The things that get me uncomfortable aren't things like that. With me, it, it's the it's the intensity, how long do you hold on it? Like um, Sam Raimi, I love his take on horror because he will, he plays with things. He never lets the shot linger too long. It's just long enough to let you know something horrible is happening. Like a perfect example of that is Spider-Man 2, the Doc Ock creation scene. 
that hospital the moment scene. where Sam Raimi homages himself. And speaking of suffering rather than enjoying, let's get into <laughs> Cocaine Bear. Oh. So I, I I've got some things to say, but uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take the reins here because I, I, I do think we'll, we'll do like the compliment sandwich where, uh, you've got nicer things to say. And I, we talked a little bit about it beforehand and I do like your take, but I just have to say off the back, like spoilers ahead for cocaine bear, which if you've seen the trailer, you kind of know what the movie is. There's not really any spoilers in this movie. Um, but I'm going to just dive into this rant that I have after watching this and sitting on it for 24 hours. We as a movie going community don't need the like quote unquote, absolute good character story arc, whatever. All right. We can go, we can go watch a movie about drug dealers inadvertently dropping cocaine into a national park and them having to go recover it because the guy who did the dropping died because he's an idiot and that can be the movie because what Elizabeth Banks has said in all the press releases and everything that came out after the trailer broke the internet is that this is kind of a a vengeance story for the bear that humanity interfered in its life and it ended up dying early. And what this movie ends up doing is it has a a character in Carrie Russell. Uh, I forget the, two kids names where she has to go and find the kids while we also have the storyline of the drug dealers trying to get their drugs back the bear getting high on cocaine and just slaughtering people and a horny park ranger as well you you can get rid of the mama bear finding her her kids who are skipping school sort of storyline like that can just go we're not here for that we're here to watch a bear mercilessly kill a group of people because it's high on cocaine. And what you do with that Carrie Russell storyline is completely antithetical to the movie because we're not rooting for the bear in that instance. We're rooting for Carrie Russell to find her kid. No one wants the kids to die. So there's a weird process where we want the bear to do the thing we're here to see it do, which is do cocaine and kill people except not the two, three people that were supposed to be like, okay, they can get out. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, I do understand what you're saying. And, and I really do find the Carrie Russell and the two kids storyline superfluous other than what her, not her son, but her daughter's friend, Henry, I want to say his name is. I, I don't know there. Yeah. I think, I think her daughter's name was Didi or Deidre. Yeah. Deidre? I, I think DD there's no reason for them to be in the movie. Their storyline is superfluous. It is not needed. There's really no emotional resolution to it. In fact, the thing that bothered me the most about that is, so the framing device with the two children is that she's skipping school because she wants uh, the little the daughter's skipping school because she wants to go off into the woods to paint um, the secret falls, which I still kind of confuse how you paint waterfalls. Cause I never saw them carrying like a canvas, which makes me think, they were legit going to like paint rocks. That's fine. That's what I took it as too. Cause like we, in my school, um, the, the Zeta club had a thing of, uh, paint the dam. So I assume it was something similar where like you just find a, an area next to the waterfall and you paint it, paint the rocks on the, on the waterfall. Yeah. So they go out and they're the ones who first stumble across and 
well, they're not the ones who first stumbled across cocaine bear, but they stumbled across some of the drugs. The kid thinks is like trying to act all big, like, oh yeah, I do coke all the time. Mind you, they're like 12, 13, I think, somewhere in there. One of them mentions that they're like 13. And they both do like a shovel full of coke. There's never a payoff of that. Like it never shows them tripping. It never shows them like getting like hyper they have like a panic attack a panic attack an overdose just later on one of the kids says they're pretty tired yeah i think the i think henry ending up in the tree is supposed to be indicative of what the cocaine allowed him to do but yeah that that entire storyline especially when they ingest the cocaine or like taste it or whatever they they don't pay that off in any way, really, because like you said, there's there's nothing where they're tripping or they're like, oh, hey, look, I think I see a bear. It's probably a bunny because I'm tripping so bad. And I get they don't want to have like this moment of miners glorifying drug use like they're having fun. Look at them. Look what they're doing with the cocaine. Like I get that entirely, which is why I'm saying, again, you cut this from the movie because the like you don't want the kids to die. The only kids that you want to die are the 30 year old teenagers in this movie. And they do a great job of getting rid of those kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie is about 95 minutes long total. Um, so it's a very slim it's, and yet it is frustrating that there is baggage in there. But when the movie is actually firing, it's really fun. And I really dig it. There's a sequence right in the middle, which is where I'm, which is what I'm pretty sure sold Elizabeth Banks on directing this. And it's a sequence when after there was a there's a bear attack, so people retreat back to the trooper station, and then the trooper station assault into the ambulance assault that you see in the trailer. That about 15 minute segment was what I wanted from this movie. Yes, we needed more of that. Yeah, no pun intended. We needed more highs where there's a lot of plateaus. <laughs> there are. I enjoyed it more than you. But that being said, this movie is, I'm going to say, about a 6 out of 10. I think that's generous. It sh- To me, it should have been more of a 7 or an 8 if they had hit more highs. The, prob- the problem that I have with this movie is that the trailer didn't quite give the payoff that I expected to, to, to take this to another back to another franchise, the crank movies. They're absurd. Mm-hmm. The first one with the whole, like he needs to keep, um, he needs to keep doing drugs or something to keep his heart going. The second one where he needs like an electrical charge to keep his heart going. The trailer told you what those movies were and the movies were just that it's absurdity into absurdity into more ludicrous situations were spoiler for like a 20 year old franchise. The end of crank one is he literally falls out of an airplane and smashes onto the ground. The second movie starts with him being scraped off the ground with a shovel. <laughs> I have actually not seen the second movie. I need to, I, I, I enjoyed that first movie and I I've always meant to see the second one, but it keeps slipping my mind that it, there was actually a sequel made. I, what I think held this back is they did not lean into the premise enough of the bear yes. being high on cocaine. Like, 175-pound brown bear should have had, in my theory, in my opinion, a little bit more 
not superpowers, but superhuman strength. It should have, I mean, they showed it at one point chasing down the ambulance and like bouncing off stuff, which is really cool. Um, sorry, it's a black bear, not a brown bear. Um, brown bears are bigger. And the, the black bears are about human height if they're standing up. So anyways, so the black bears at one point chases down the ambulance, which is cool. But I would have wanted to see like, instead of just leaping to the back of the ambulance, I would have liked to see it like, Side, like hip check the ambulance and like oh my god they hit so hard or one of the kills be like it punches somebody's head off or it like rags all them into a tree something a little bit more in the line of like um a jason Voorhees kind of style thing where you have this superhuman thing instead well we got some fun kills and it showed them like eating and yeah the the, the last guy ray Liotta, his death was kind of nice and visceral because he's the ultimate bad guy i wanted some more bizarreness to the kills yes and that's that's where this movie really fell flat for me is i was expecting more outlandishness from it where instead it leans too far into just traditional jump scare horror kind of things where there's long lingering shots kind of like what we talked about with the evil dead trailer where it it just lingers and you're just waiting for that loud sound effects or musical score that lets you know that something has happened or something has jumped out and it does it time and time again like i was hoping we were getting into a little bit more ludicrous stuff because like there's a moment where we see an obviously gloved bare hand reach and take uh dd's (laughs) carrots and celery sticks and like okay yeah let's let's lean into this let's let's be campy let's be just completely ridiculous and no they they treat the bear like it is a an actual bear and they never let it do anything that's not insane other than like the first time it apparently ever did coke which happens in the prologue of the movie or no prologue of the movie yeah uh where we see it like banging its head against a tree because it's like tripping so hard it's just like oh what the hell is happening to me and I thought that I thought that was great because it, it's kind of giving you this glimpse into the psyche of this animal that doesn't know what's happening to it. And then it just it just knows that I need more of this. And I, I don't it, it never pays off because like you would you would hope in a movie like this with the trailer that like with each new bag of cocaine it gets, it's going to just do something even more extraordinary. Yeah, like a level up or something. Um like I was thinking right before, um, like I said, I love the trooper station uh, sequence because for some reason the bear is smart enough at one point to punch through um, the the window on a door and grab somebody and it cuts away from it. And then you see the ambulance show up and then somehow it got inside and it was eating somebody and some other stuff and really screwed up the trooper. And then the ambulance chase sequence starts I wanted a little bit more of that. And I thought that maybe when we finished that sequence, because apparently he'd run out of drugs and it gets to the third or fourth storyline with um, the young punk kids and hand discount solo and um, his handler buddy looking for the drugs for Ray Liotta that I thought they were going towards a different section here. Like um, they were like, it seemed like they were taking a moment to kind of like ramp the story down. The bear comes out of the woods and collapses on top of discount hand solo. And then 
starts doing and then they need to like wake it up and start it starts doing drugs again i thought they were gonna like okay cool it had got tired out they were gonna deal with this a little bit and they were gonna start ramping it back up but they really didn't go that route at all yeah and those the the storyline of the cop and the drug dealers again like it does nothing for the story really like we don't need that that cop coming there literally just to shoot off the guy's fingers. Like that's the only purpose he serves. <laughs> Which made me laugh my to, ass off. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great. Cause I love that. They even, they, they hung a lantern on the fact that the fingers he lost were not next to each other. So it's like, how the hell did that even happen? <laughs> yeah. Like was, that was a great bit. And uh, when all the Nirenreich's character goes, he's like, can I, can I pick up the fingers? Can I pick up my friend's fingers? Like, like, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. We'll call it truth. <laughs> We'll call it yeah, it, like um, I like the dynamic between Alden Ehrenreich and um, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. as David. Uh, I like their dynamic. They had that a really good friendship chemistry where he uh, O'Shea Jackson was like just trying to do the job while also being there for his friend whose wife recently passed away. And uh, I Alden Ehrenreich gave like he, he gave a, an OK performance. Like there was a weird moment in the his introductory scene where he's supposed to be crying but it looked like he was laughing like did did you forget which emotion you're supposed to be displaying here yeah so i really don't have a whole lot more to say about the movie other than one thing i did kind of it, it really distracted me about this movie is that they have like three or four characters from the tv show the americans um you have carrie russell who is in the Americans. You have her, um, her real life husband, Matthew Reese, who is, who they met on the Americans got married and they were the main stars of that. And he's the guy at the beginning who just chucking out all the drugs out the, at the, um, airplane and they briefly find it and they find his body. And then, um, the trooper, uh, Margot Martindale, her name is Ranger Liz, I believe she is, was their handler on that show. And so it was really kind of funny seeing that, I kept getting a slightly distractive, like, am I going to see like other people here? <laughs> Is there more Americans showing up? Because this could get interesting really fast. <laughs> and, and also since the Americans was set during the eighties, that was what, uh, that was primarily what it was um, about Soviet spies in the eighties. I, I, I don't hate this movie as much as I'm shitting on it, but I, I, in the talking smack ranking, I cannot give it a must see. I would have to say pass. Like, I don't think it delivers on its promise. And uh, outside of the, the Carrie Russell and the kids storyline that didn't need to be in there. Uh, there there's one moment that just really killed the movie for me. And that was the moment where. Uh, so there's a sequence of events that leads up to it. Carrie Russell and Henry find the bear cave where Dee Dee is being held because the cocaine bear decided to bring Dee Dee to the cave for some reason. We never find out why she's just alive in the cave with like a little, a, a pretty deep puncture into her calf, but that's it. So uh, we, when they find the cave, they are introduced to, um, was it Tormund from game of Thrones? Was that his name? Yeah, they, they find Tormund, who his wife or fiance is the one who gets who is the first kill in the movie. And he's just kind of like wandering the woods forlorn. Like there's a devil bear and I'm now fiance less. Uh, but I will lead you to the bear cave because that is the purpose of my character. And 
as Carrie Russell and Henry go into the cave, we hear Tormund, whatever his actual movie character's name is. I don't know. I don't think they ever actually name him. Um, he, you hear him screaming and they're like, okay, well let's, let's leave. And then it cuts to the drug dealers showing up with Ray Liotta now in tow. And, uh, also there's another character there that shows up that I'm not, I won't spoil it because there's an obvious twist that happens, but I, I won't spoil that. Uh, they're like, Hey, be careful. This is the bear cave, the bear. This is the cocaine bear. You don't want to end up like that guy we just passed. And then they do a family guy smash cut to literal seconds before that moment happened. Like you couldn't, you couldn't just show us the sequence and be like, Oh man, that's fucked up. What happened to that guy? Oh man, we're going into the bear cave and that guy had, had that happen. No way. Like you, you don't need to do a family guy smash cut to get that point across. It takes the same amount of time to tell that story. <laughs> and that just drove me insane. Like these are competent. Elizabeth Banks is a competent filmmaker. She knows story structure, but, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller were producers on this movie. No one stopped to think like, we have never done this in this movie before. Is this a good time to use the family guy smash cut? With the flashback to literally, like, like you said, five seconds ago, I, actually tilted my head and went was that supposed to be the guy who was that, was that the guy outside why and then, <laughs> like they didn't show them just stumble across the body like how far away was that because he stayed outside the cave entrance they got to the cave entrance but they seem to suggest that they found him his body like 10 minutes back that's it what the flashback would imply, but yeah. it it's it can't be that. I mean, the bear could have dragged him away, but still, you you could have just told a sequential story where you just cut to the drug dealers being like, "I think we're coming up on the cave." I fell. Oh no! What have I fallen on? Oh, I've fallen into this guy's disembodied face. Yeah, gross. I, I, I don't. Let's know. keep going to the cave. Uh, so you already said that you believe this is a um a pass. I believe it's a must see purely because that 15 minutes in the middle of the trooper station to the ambulance is just fantastic. And I do love that the end of the movie revisits that by having um, Carrie Russell and the kids, they're leaving and they're passing by all the corpses. On the road. <laughs> oh yeah. And Henry, Henry chimes in too with the, uh, the park ranger who had her face road killed. Yeah. She, he, he's like, I want to look, but I don't. Yeah. So and Carrie Russell's just like, J- don't look Henry. Just don't look. Okay. So this is, this is just me being okay, a little slightly nitpicking weird. It was strange seeing Carrie Russell ride a bike everywhere. Right. <laughs> like, it's the eighties, man. Yeah, but teenager I mean, she's not a teenager and she wasn't a teenager on this. She's like, you know, she has a daughter, seemingly they're divorced because she talks about the dad, blah blah blah, dating a new person, and she's a nurse. How far away is this is this uh, hospital if she has to bike there? And she has to bike to the national park too. Also, how is she getting her and her kid to the national park with their paints with her bike? There's not a second seat there. I know, because at the end, she's walking her daughter on it. <laughs> like, how far? I, I don't know, but 
when they put her on the bike repeatedly to have her travel around, I was just like, is this because this is the 80s and for some reason neither of the two te- uh, neither two kids were on bikes? There has to be a bike somewhere. <laughs> oh, and they, they do your favorite trope, too, at the beginning when they introduce Dee Dee, uh, except it's not skateboarding as a personality. It's rock posters as a personality. She's oh, yeah. The Idols. She's got all these 80s. 80s yeah. rock stars guns and roses the cure yeah, she's, yeah. she's clearly a rebel based on all of these rock star posters on her wall so therefore this is why she's skipping school i i will say though this probably had one of my favorite parent reactions ever is so when kara russell got home and she's like you know getting out of the shower um and like laying down the bed because she had like an all-nighter and and she believes her daughter's at school literally the second her head touches the pillow the phone rings and she just screams fuck <laughs> uh so for me it is a must-see based off the 15 minutes in the middle and some payoffs with some of the, the jokes the, the the humor in this i will give credit to i think there's a lot of fun stuff the bathroom fight scene was really good i thought and uh, like just the the slow beating of O'Shea Jackson's uh, O'Shea Jackson's uh, David, uh, just like because he he had he actually has a little bit of an arc where he's there clear just just to get the drugs. Like he has been sent on a mission by Ray Liotta to get the drugs and to bring Alden Ehrenreich with him because he needs to try and get him back into the into the fold now that his wife is dead and uh, Alden Ehrenreich nothing ever really happens to him besides the bear passing out on top of him. And he makes a really weird joke about how the bear's vagina is on his ear, but like you see where his legs are like, that's physically impossible. <laughs> see, I thought that the joke when he said like, um, like when he's, cause they were trying to figure out if it was a male bear or female bear. I thought the joke was going to be that it was a male bear. Cause he could feel it. But then he's like, mm-hmm. no, I feel her vagina on my ear. I'm like, you that's, you can't physically do that like that that's like, not accurate biologically yeah like that would mean it's in the middle of the bear's chest yeah that was weird it was weird but yeah like that's that's what i'm saying though is if you just do O'Shea Jackson Jr and Alden Ehrenreich and then eventually bring in Ray Liotta to have the the big bad guy payoff and you just basically make this baby's day out but cocaine bear in the national forest i'm all in on that just make it more ridiculous Looney Tunes violence. And this movie doesn't do a lot of that. Like there, there are some good moments like the EMT who has his wrist completely broken off. (laughs) And just like that, the, the sequence where that starts with the kid getting shot in the face, like that whole 10 to 15 minutes is really good. It's what I was expecting from this movie. And you can't obviously keep, doing those sort of things but you can get creative and they just i didn't feel like they got creative enough yeah if if you had to make me put it on a scale i would probably give it like a a one and a half out of five. Oh wow I, I think i think that that bit in the middle with the emts is what you're there for but it can't be that on that can't be the only moment that makes the movie worth it i think that's a good point to end on all right. Well, with that, then let's start wrapping up. Um, Alex, do you want to plug the Discord? 
yes, you can join our Discord at tsmackpod at gmail.com. We have some fun conversations there. If you mention D&D, I magically appear. We have a rule. <laughs> if D&D is mentioned three times in one post, Alex will be there. What other socials can they find us on? Uh, they can find me on social media on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. They can find the podcast on Twitter at Talking Smack Pod. We are also on Hive and Post. As we mentioned, join our Discord. We have a link in the episode description. You can email us your thoughts, reviews. What are you reading in comics? What are you watching in TV shows? Do you have questions for us? You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes. Thank you to Beppo for all of our original avatars. And thank you to Retro Ale Studios for our Ricky avatar. Please like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. And most of all, thank you for listening. Uh, I know this was a bit shorter of an episode than our usual ones, but I'm pretty sure most of you won't complain because now you can go listen to Doom Generation or The Cultworthy or The Movie Wire, who will be joining us next week as we review Creed 3. Alex, who is running our theme music this week? Uh, that would be Mark Mothersbaugh, who I did not realize. The, this composer who did Cocaine Bear, who did Thor Ragnarok, he's the dude from Devo. Huh. I mean, the synth score for Cocaine Bear was actually pretty good. I actually rather enjoyed that. that they didn't... It felt very 80s. It was, it was very era appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't like fill it with a bunch of like 80s, you know, number one hits that you would expect in a movie movie like this that really leaned into its time oh they should have done white wedding they teased billy Idol. Oh. Why not do white wedding bang 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 pre three <laughs> will have white wedding for us <laughs> i don't know why they would no i hope not that i expect more from that movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we go, I, I am also going to plug this Friday. I am going, I will be appearing on the episode of I Have Some Notes that will be releasing where we take some notes to Thor Love and Thunder. So uh, give that a listen. Obviously, I'll be sharing that on the socials. And again, Alex, we have Devo whipping it into our theme song. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Don't do cocaine. <laughs> But watch Star Trek. Oh, I got it. <laughs>